Hi friends, welcome to the Unshakable Grace podcast. I am your host, Jamie Lopez, mom of two beautiful girls, criminal justice graduate turned entrepreneur and a huge personal development and growth junkie. This podcast is for people who want to change their lives, know they are meant for more and are ready to create a life by design. My mission for this podcast is to inspire and motivate you to step outside your comfort zone, take action, do the work to build your confidence and work on your mindset to become unshakable and live a grace-filled life. We will grow together through weekly episodes dropping Tuesdays where we will talk about life, we will talk about love, business, mindset, and all sorts of things and hear real life stories that will inspire us to take action because as the saying goes, we are what we listen to. And as my favorite mentor Jim Rohn would say, for things to change, you have to change. For things to get better, you have to get better. For things to improve, you have to improve. When you grow, everything in your life grows with you. So with that said, strap in, hang tight, and trust the magic of new beginnings. Hello, hello, friends. Welcome back to the Unshakable Grace podcast. I am so excited for today's episode. This one is truly a special one for me, especially um, because it's someone that I've looked up to for quite a few years now, and I cannot wait to share with you all as well. My guest today is one of the leading and most respecting professionals in the network marketing um, who has built one of the largest independent organizations in the world, has received the Professions Lifetime Achievement Award, making her part of the handful of recipients who have ever received this award. Her story is featured in numerous publications, including the Napoleon Hills Foundation's book, Think and Grow Rich for Women. Her and her husband reside in Wisconsin, Arizona, and Sweden. Their charity, Spirit Wings Kids, funds orphanages in India and Africa, along with Permaculture Farm and Soccer Academy in Uganda. And last but not least, she is the author of My Mentor Walks on Water, a number one bestseller on Amazon under the leadership category. So without further ado, I am beyond excited to welcome Donna Johnson to the show. And Donna, let me just start off by saying thank you for making the time, of course, to pour into others. I love who you are, what you've done. And as a female entrepreneur for the past 10 years, what you've done in the business world is just so impressive to me. And so for those who have been living under a rock, like I was right before starting my network marketing business four years ago, and don't know who you are, can you take us back a little bit and share a little bit about your background? And then we can, you know, unpack it from there. Well, thank you, Jamie. It's good to be here. And I love the name of your podcast, Unshakable Grace. Um, because the grace we are given flows freely and all the time. And it's only us, you know, we humans that mess it up once in a while, right? So I love that name. So I, uh, I like to tell people I'm completely unemployable because I started this business as a teenager. Uh, I, uh, when you, we talk a little bit later about my book, I share my story in chapter one, but I had a challenging upbringing, didn't go to college, um, and was really doing three jobs. I was a swimming coach, I was a secretary, and then I just started dabbling in direct sales. And I loved it because it was something that I didn't have to ask a boss, you know, what do I earn? How can I get a raise? I was in control of all of that. So I love our profession. Uh, I think it's the best gig in town. Um, 
And I love that you can really uh, be in the driver's seat for how much you want to earn all of that. Um, there's no glass ceiling. Nobody said to me, oh, Donna, you can't do that because you don't have a college degree. And I just love that uh, sort of an equal playing field for everyone. Yes, I, I have to agree. Those are all the perks of, of having your own business in, in network marketing. Um, prior to that, actually, we, we run a family-owned winery, and even a brick and mortar still doesn't give you the freedom that you know network marketing or direct sales does. So let's unpack a little bit, though. Like, who is Donna at the core? Like, I love that in your book, you took it, you took us back to your childhood. And to me, I feel that that's super important because it gives us a glimpse of where you, where you started, like where the beginning was for you. Right. So take us back to your childhood. Yeah. Well, everyone has a story and we can choose to be a victim or victor and, and use whatever's happened to us in our lives for good. And that's what I did. I didn't have a normal daddy. Um, I, my little friend was, uh, mom's was painting our community house pink and I was so excited uh, when I went home and showed my parents, my dad called me a whore and I didn't even know what that was. And I just was always afraid of him. Just the way he looked at me, I was just frightened and I didn't know I didn't have a normal daddy. He left our family when I was 13 and my four brothers and I really uh, put food on the table uh, for my our mom. And I just was determined to, uh, to just not the uh, not depend on someone else for my livelihood and uh yeah so and you know later i found out that he had experienced some abuse when he was a child and you know i've i've often heard um not forgiving someone is like drinking poison and wishing somebody else dies and so i just it gave me some compassion for him and um and just also forgiveness but it totally um, created it for me. It it shook me. Talk about unshakable grace. <laughs> it shook me to find my identity um, and to really see myself not the way that my earthly father said about me, but what my heavenly father. And I was so grateful at the age of nineteen. Um, oh, I'm sorry. At the age of twenty one, I uh, accepted Jesus. I was raised Catholic. And I had just as much of a traumatic experience there uh, with the nuns hitting me on the head and uh, the scary confessional, you know, the closet with the with the curtain. And it's so <laughs> and, relatable. As I was reading your book with that, I thought, oh, my goodness, that that's how, you know, we were raised Catholic, too. And I thought and I hear I was thinking, you know, it's, it's probably just my personal story. <laughs> and when I read well, it, yeah, with I was just afraid. I mean, as a little girl, it just, it, I was afraid. And so I walked away from church in my teens and I kind of fit under that category of looking out for number one, right? I can, I can do this, uh, the hustle and grind out there. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, when I was pregnant with my first child, something changes inside of you when you, when you discover, oh my, there's there, is there a God? And I just met the most beautiful woman actually through my first direct selling um, business. And she invited me to a Bible study. That's where I learned the gospel. That's where I learned that I could have a direct relationship with Jesus. I didn't have to go into a curtain <laughs> and have that scary experience. Um, 
And so I'm so grateful for that. So, you know, everything we go through uh, is our story and we can literally turn our mess into a message. And for me, um, I'm just so grateful that I discovered Jesus and God and how God sees me. And that's actually, you know, chapter one of my book is who do you think you are? Mm -hmm. You have to reconcile that. Um, and chapter two is who God says you are. And that's the reconciliation. And some people, Jenny, it takes them their whole life to, to reconcile that. Um, seeing yourself, aligning yourself the way God sees you. And it's such a beautiful place of grace. Would you live. say that was your turning point into your faith? Uh, just that Bible study, being invited to that Bible study? Yeah. And, you know, everyone has, and that's why I think this is so important to not hide your faith. Um, we're called to be the light and the salt. You know, I just got it. I just got exposed to these beautiful women who were Carrying a Bible, which in, in my faith, we have little catechism books. I didn't really even, I wasn't even familiar um, with the Bible and the gospel message. And it all made so much sense to me. And I realized that I'm a sinner and I'm forgiven and I'm a new person in Christ. And I, I just am so grateful that I had that encounter at such an early age, uh, well, 21. and and. Um, and then just to reconcile that, you know, who you, who you are based on who God says that you are. So then let's kind of dive deeper into that, um, because that's kind of where things began for you. So what would you say for someone that's kind of at that crossroad of, you just mentioned something that I think it's so true. You can either choose to be a victim or a victor, right? So in your case, you chose to become a victor and you started, you know, making or taking, I guess, in this sense, the steps to continue and grow your faith. And so what were some of the things I know in the book, you touch a little bit as to like, if you don't know how to get started, you give some examples as to, you know, where to start, like reading John, right? Yeah. The book of John. And yeah. so what are some things that you started doing that really helped to increase your faith at that time? Yeah, so many people replace the word of God uh, with devotionals and other books, which are great, but just getting in the habit of going into the word daily, I think is so important because I talk about it in the book. You want to grow your faith. It's like you want to move from kindergarten to junior high to high school and then get your master's. And what I loved is that um, I also was in network marketing. Um, and so while I was growing my faith, I was also growing my business. And this is a business of people, right? And mm -hmm. so is our faith. And so I just grew as a person, as a leader, as a mother. I have five adult children now and eight grandchildren. And, you know, life is um, about living, learning, and growing and, and just uh, improving and growing our faith and being a witness. And I always, I wasn't always as confident, uh, in sharing my faith story. I was sort of believing that lie. Well, don't talk about this when you're doing that. Mm -hmm. And when I met my husband 12 years ago, Thomas from Sweden, um, he just shared his faith so freely and it gave me the courage. One of my favorite quotes 
is by Billy Graham. Your courage strengthens the spine of others. And when I saw him teaching, you know, from stage talking about action and inaction regrets with, uh, you know, 11 boat sitters sat in the boat and Peter was the one who walked on water. And he just, he um, really encouraged me to not be afraid to share my faith in my business. And um, it's God has, God has blessed my business because of that. I truly believe. You know, and you have one of the largest independent organizations. Why do you think you were able to build one of the largest independent organizations? Well, just like Jesus started with 12, like it wasn't uh, get rich quick. It didn't, it wasn't success overnight. I think my very first paycheck was like $12, <laughs> but it's just so uh, sowing seeds. This business is like sowing seeds and I've always been a hard worker. I have a, a, a great work ethic. I follow through and do the things I say that I'm going to do because you know what, Jenny, uh, this business is kind of the good news and the bad news, right? The good news is, is you're independent. You can create your day, your schedule, all of that. And that's also the bad news because you can procrastinate and I just always, um, I was a competitive swimmer, you know, when I went through all that with my dad, the way that I sort of coped, and I'm really grateful for this, I just poured myself into competitive swimming. I was a really good swimmer, and I just worked harder than anyone else. And so I just took a lot of those same skills and mindset and hard work and applied them into my network marketing business. And so it just grew over time, I've been with my company, you know, over 36 years. And so um, I've has, has there been times that have been tough? Absolutely. You know, we want a journey that looks like this, right. but what actually happens is it kind of looks like this and then there's plateaus and then there's dips and then there's momentum. And I've just learned to manage all of those emotions and uh, play the long game in this business. And um, it, it's paid off because I can think of many, many times I could have quit, um, but I just stayed the course, stayed the course, stayed the course. And um, I'm so grateful that I have. Yes. Um, I've, I've actually only been in, I, mind you, I, I prior to um, starting my network marketing business, I had never uh, had heard of it, had never had ever been really talked to about it. And so when I first started my business too, I was like, where have I been? Like, where, where, how come nobody ever told me about this, you know? And they don't um, teach you in school, what they teach you in school, they don't even teach you how to balance a checkbook in school. Like all they do is teach you how to go, you know, go, go work for someone else. And so I think there's a paradigm shift of, of course, entrepreneurialism that, that is, uh, sweeping our country, you know, the gig economy, most mm -hmm. people are very familiar now with multiple streams of income. And I think that's a good thing. I think so too. Um, but I, what I was saying is that one of the best things, and I don't say this, you know, because you and I are in, in network marketing or anything like that. Yes, I may be a little bit biased sometimes, but one of the best thing that this profession has done for me is that it's brought me personal development, right? Things that I, I don't think anywhere else you can can get unless you actually hire someone um, to help you through mentorship or, or coaching or anything like that, right? But yes. 
not just that, but what I love is that when you do surround yourself with people um, that are goal-oriented, and here's the thing too, is when I first joined, there are women like you, right? There are women like Rita Davenport. There are women like Devinio. There's there's so many incredible women that you immediately learn about that then, for me, that was the thing. It's just like, no, if they've done it, then I can too. And it it actually was what really started getting me closer to reading my Bible. It was the weirdest thing. It's, it's, it's like the personal development then was just like, well, if there's more, there's more. And what I don't know, I don't know. And until I actually open the book, well, I start getting to know more about really what is going on. And so um, it's just really weird, the doors that it's opened for me, right? So what would you say is one of the most important, whether it's been lessons or blessings that this profession has brought into your life? Oh, the freedom, um, you know, obviously it is not a get rich quick business. You have to work hard. Um, I think we have to manage the hype with that. And I like to under promise and over deliver, speak the truth about what is possible because it's really, really good. So for me, I was um, able to raise my children from home and work my business around my family instead of the other way around. And you were saying how this is personal development. It truly is. My children all have are very highly educated, not like me. <laughs> I'm educated <laughs> in the world. Uh, and they all have said one of the best educations they ever received was watching mom build a business from home dealing with people, managing disappointments, uh, working your schedule and your time management. Those are all things that your kids need to learn. You know, you can't do everything for them. That just in, it creates entitlement. And so um, they have to experience all those things. And so it was one of the best uh, personal developments, but I, I just love um, the freedom that this business gives us. Uh, my husband is from Sweden. Uh, we met in Dubai. I spoke for his company in Dubai 12 years ago. Fell in love with the Swede in Dubai. Who does that, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but because of the freedom of this business, uh, I can work from home, work from my smartphone. And so we live between here in Wisconsin on the lake. Uh, we're in Arizona in the winter and we live part of the year in Sweden. We wouldn't be able to do that if we had normal trading hours for dollars kind of jobs. And so I, I love the, the freedom and the people. I love the people part of this business. Um, just being able to meet so many different kinds of people. Um, it's just fascinating to me. And I'm learning so much. Even today, you know, I don't think you ever arrive in this business. You, you just... And, and then you have to pivot. I can't tell you how many times I'm learning new things. Like if someone tells me a new app, I'm like, oh, God, I don't want to know another app. <laughs> so, but it's fun. And now with AI, I mean, it's even crazier. So, <laughs> so when you first jumped in, would you say that it took some time or did you ever think that your life would be this, this wonderful and big? Well, I had a unique story. Oftentimes people start this business and they have another income stream. They have another job or they have a spouse or a situation where it doesn't all fall on their shoulders. And for me, like 
there was too much month at the end of the money and it was all on me. I had a family that said, Donna, if this um, business doesn't work, we can't bail you out. You need to go get a real job. Have you, any of you ever heard any of those things? Mm-hmm. And I wanted it to work. So maybe that was a, actually a blessing because on those days that maybe I wanted to procrastinate or didn't want to do the do, make the calls, do the reach outs, you know, present our, our job is simply to meet the people, tell the story, find the fit. Right. And so I always consistently have done that. And, um, and part of it was because of that financial need, I had to put food on the table. So that really worked to my advantage. And then when success was really coming in and all the bills are paid, you know, that's when I had to pivot and realize that it's, there's no U-Haul at the end of a hearse. I talk about that in the book. There's no U-Haul at the end of a hearse. And so I discovered that my goals changed. It was more about what you can do to help other people. You know, our orphanages, our soccer program in Uganda, our permaculture farm there, which we put in right before the pandemic. And it fed not only our orphanage, but the the neighboring community um, during the pandemic. So, you know, things like that are kingdom assignments, you know, and um, so that's what keeps me motivated. And, and I never really saw myself, you know, I don't understand the word retirement. I mean, I still, I live a great life. I get everything done that I want to do. Um, but I still work my business. Yes. Yeah. And I, uh, one of the things that I was going to say is, and when I said like wonderful and in grand, the way that it is, it's, not just the, 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 you know, the luxuries that come with having a better life, right. But, or having success, but I think the, the way that you've been changing lives, like, did you ever think that you would get to a point where now you have a book, now you're changing lives through a book, right? Like you've mentored so many people, you have such a large organization, like it's not you've made this so much more than just you. Did you ever think you would get to that point where you are pouring so much into other people? Well, it's, you're pouring into other people, but they're pouring into you too. It's like, I've never really depleted myself. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, and it, and you just never, one day you wake up and you've arrived, you're successful. I have people say to me, oh, when I'm successful like you, I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. And I'm like, well, start doing those things now. And as your business grows, your income grows, your giving will just be more impactful. So, you know, it's nothing I've really just thought about. It just has happened organically and naturally. And even the book, I was not writing a book. And in the introduction to the book, I actually share the story of how the book came to me. And for me, it was a kingdom assignment and I was just being obedient. In fact, uh, my publisher, we were working on kind of in the writing world, it's called a story arc. And then they create like a table of contents and the chapters. And the first pass that he gave me, it didn't feel right. And I've never written a book. I've been featured in books, I've different publications, articles I've written trainings I've done, but this was all new to me. And I, I went to bed and I just prayed and I said, God, you're the one that gave me this book. So I know you have the chapters. 
And at 5.15 in the morning, Holy Spirit woke me up, get your pen out, and gave me the first four chapters. Who do you think you are? Who God says you are? Who do you think Jesus is? Who God says Jesus is? And I called my publisher and he said, that's it. That's brilliant. And I said, well, that's because Holy Spirit gave it to me. And a lot of people find it interesting that that's the first section of the book on mentoring. But the reason that's so important is who you believe yourself to be and who you believe Jesus is will form your worldview and who have and and who you decide to have influence over you right because especially in today's world with the internet i mean oh my you could just go down all kinds of rabbit holes and read books and podcasts and you can be exhausted it's kind of like that in the book i talk about being a rubber ducky mm -hmm. tossed in the ocean just follow that shiny penny especially in our profession you know sometimes rita davenport says um, sometimes the grass looks greener on the other side, but it's probably over a septic tank, right? So we can get very, very distracted. Yeah. So the reason this foundation was so important in my book was the second section of the book is how we're mentored. And the third section of the book is mentorship in every area of your life, your health, your uh, marriage, your parenting, your community, your marketplace, your work. It's all different. And so we go into each one of those, as you know, yes. and it just um, came together beautifully. And, and even the cover, like the cover was a download. Um, in fact, it just won a major uh, design award, cover award. And I, I, nothing surprises me anymore because it was so ordained um, by, by God that I, it just makes me laugh because um, I, I always say, God is amazing and our job is to be amazed. And I have simply given him the driver's seat of this and um, let him lead it. And because um, he can do so much more than we could ever even think we could accomplish. Right. He, he will right. do more. Yeah. Yeah. I actually know how the, uh, how the title of the book came to be. Can you share with the listeners? Because I think that is so, that is, that just goes to show like when you listen and how things happened, they're there for you to hear at the right time, at the right place. Yes. The message you will always. Okay. All right, everyone that's listening, I'm giving you a sneak peek of the book because <laughs> the story of how the book came about is in the introduction. So if you uh, go to Amazon, uh, or anywhere books are sold, make sure to get my mentor walks on water. Oh, and also I had to um, do an audition to do the audio of my book. And so it is on audiobook and, and the author, I do narrate it. So which yes, which really I, loved. Yeah, I love. I love. Yes. I'm getting so much feedback. I guess there's a lot of audible snobs out there. They don't like to listen to books that are not narrated by the author and I've just gotten some really great compliments on the reading so it was fun but I'm afraid to go listen to it you know how you your own voice no so, it's it's beautifully and I'm actually one of those I didn't want to call myself a snob but I guess we are out there like yeah. anytime there's a book and it's not the author I'm like ah oh, it just kind of lost a little bit of its beauty <laughs> so yes. but I love that it was you who read the book um and it actually 
it was really weird because I was really, as I was listening, because I've listened to the book and I've read the book. So as I was listening, I can see you telling the story. Like I could see your face, right? Like, mm -hmm. and so it just, it was, there was more of a connection having right. you reading it than someone else. Yeah. And I cried when I went into the studio because the, um, the uh, engineer said to me, your great, great, great grandchildren that you will never meet will have your voice. And I, it just made me so emotional. Yeah. So several years ago, one of my mentors, Rita Davenport, she and I, and my husband were all speaking at a big industry event. And um, Tony Robbins was also there in speaking and Rita spoke not too long after Tony and she is a humorist and she was so funny because she was like, um, you know, she looked at the organizers and said, you pay him, you know, all that money to hit sticks and jump up and down and, and dance. And then everyone's laughing. And then she said, and what is this uh, fire walking thing? And she pretended she was like kissing her feet. She goes, I love my feet too much. I'm not going to go walking on a fire. <laughs> and then of course, everyone's laughing. And then she stopped and she, in her beautiful humor, she just looked up and pointed and said, well, I want all you to know that my mentor walks on water. And in December of 2021, that memory came across. And it just then just hit me like, this is your book. And I, I wasn't even writing a book. It was, it just came to me, write this book, my mentor walks on water. I called Rita. I've known Rita for over 30 years. And I said, I've never heard you say that before or after that event. And she said, I never did. I don't know where it came from, but it's yours. And so Rita does write the foreword for the book. <laughs> and my mentor really does walk on water. We don't want to put people on a pedestal. So in section two of my book, I talk about how we're mentored. We are mentored through scripture, which is the living word of God in Genesis, the word of God, John one, right? Mm -hmm. um, and we're also um, mentored by Holy Spirit. When we become a believer, when Jesus ascended into heaven, he said, I'm gonna send a helper. And that helper is Holy Spirit, part of the Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit and scripture are aligned. They never contradict each other. So when you add people to your mentorship recipe, it's like a three-stranded cord that I talk about in, in my book. Mm -hmm. And you want to choose mentors, whether they're a mentor, whether they're, um, because some people you hire, like a coach or an advisor. Mm -hmm. um, in our profession, it's pretty cool because we have built-in mentorship through our organizational structure, right? So the people that you choose to pour into you and have influence over you, you want them to be aligned with scripture and Holy Spirit. People are not perfect, right? Mm -hmm. They will be flawed. If somebody comes across or, you know, if you come across like you do no wrong, that is a really dangerous place to be. People need to be authentic and honest and human. And um, I think people resonate with that. So the, the three together, Holy Spirit, scripture, and people that pour into you. And I actually love, I know you said that um, 
the first four chapters came to you and I thought that the order that you put the whole book in actually the the the, cha the first chapter to me was incredible because it automatically gets you to think I think that those are questions we don't really ever ask ourselves like who do you think you are right and so and when I started reading the book and I thought you know I've never really asked these questions before and so it it, it led to then chapter two where I was just like well now I need to know more and now I need to know more and so I don't want you to give too much of the book but in chapter one let's just kind of dissect a little bit you talk about um you know asking the question it's like who do who do you know who do I think I am or who do you think you are and so let's say for someone who's really struggling and has these really old beliefs because you even talk about in the book how we sometimes the things that we say to our children, right, becomes our prophecy. And so sometimes we come with these old beliefs, these old things that people used to say to us that we think that's the truth when it's not. And so what would you say to someone that is stuck in these yeah. old beliefs? Yeah, and I want to apologize. I'm on the lake and it's a beautiful Saturday afternoon. <laughs> we have nice weather and the boats are just going by crazy. <laughs> um, well, in chapter one, I teach people how to do an exchange to be very aware of the stories that you write about yourself. Okay. And however they came, however, those stories came to you, it's like a tape, right? If it came to you, like for me, from my father or other people, or even your self-talk, right? Have mm -hmm. you ever done that? Oh, that's such mm -hmm. a pretty dress. Oh, this whole thing. It was, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, we mm -hmm. do that. The self-talk is so silly. And so I, I, teach about um, uh, Keith Kochner, who has uh, the exchange event where you write down the stories that don't serve you, and then you just burn it, throw it away, and, and then you start, you write a new story that's a positive exchange for the old story that you wrote about yourself. You write a story based on how God sees you. And it's really hard at first because your brain doesn't want to believe that new story. It's like an old record groove. Mm -hmm. But the more you repeat it, the more you, um, that's why affirmations are so important. Mm -hmm. You know, put it on your, your mirror, uh, different places. And all of a sudden you find yourself um, believing, you know, I used to be uh, apologizing all the time, apologizing for this, apologize. and now I like, I I have good boundaries. I stand up for myself. I, you know, I don't let people bulldoze over me. And that's kind of the new me. So, you know, give yourself grace that you can make the changes. It's just going to take some new habits and also surrounding yourself with a circle of people. I talk about that in the mm -hmm, book, mm -hmm. you surround yourself with that um, pour into you and speak life. And because you know what, you teach people how to treat you. Mm -hmm. Think about that. Yeah. You know, if, if you're in a relationship where you're not treated very well, well, that that's partly your problem because mm -hmm. you're allowing that. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I completely agree. I think that sometimes we feel guilty for setting boundaries when it's the boundaries that are going to bring us a little bit more peace that are going to show others and, and like you just said, show them how they're going to treat us, right? Because if we're allowing them to step all over us, to run our schedule, to, um, you know, just be in our lives that much and we have no control of it, then yes, yeah. that's, that's on us. And that's our responsibility. 
taking responsibility. Um, so for instance, I um, am in divorce prior to meeting my husband. And so often I hear people explaining all the reasons, whatever this person has done me wrong, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and until you take responsibility for your part in, I, I was allowing people to treat me like my father treated me. And once I got healed and did that exchange, um, allowed Holy Spirit to pour into me to believe the new person that I am through Christ, um, it changed me in who um, had access to me and how people treated me. To give you an example, uh, I have three daughters and um, I wasn't treated very well. Okay. And it wasn't, I wasn't beaten or anything like that. It was more kind of um, passive aggressive, making fun of me, ha ha ha. And then when I would cry, it was like, oh, I was just teasing. So they saw me being put down all the time. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I remember a counselor saying to me, you are teaching your daughters how a man should treat them. And it changed everything for me. And so when Thomas and I met 12 years ago, we've been married for nine. Uh, it was really hard on my daughters because, ew, he's so good to you. Like, ew, you know, <laughs> and, but they, they didn't know anything different because of what they had experienced growing up. And I'm so grateful because you know how time heals, time also reveals. He still treats me the same way. You know, he still treats me wonderfully. And my girls love him. And because they're like, oh, you and Thomas are like two peas in a pod. Like they've, they've seen that time has made it consistent. And now they're attracting men in their life that treat them well so you can break those patterns and you don't always have to put an l on your mm -hmm. forehead like i'm you're a loser you know and we all have issues that we have to deal with that was something i had to grow through and i'm so grateful i did nobody came to me and said oh donna you're divorced you can't write a book you know no one did that like i grew through that experience mm -hmm. and i know god has forgiven me so um, yeah, it's just, it's interesting how we break those patterns first within ourselves and then it, it reflects on how everybody else treats us. And then it also is an example for our sons to see how to treat a woman mm -hmm. and also for women, how to have a man treat them or treat a man. Yeah. And I, I heard this, uh, just a few years back, uh, maybe my youngest was only three years old that you know most of what children learn is caught not taught right and so they learn just by how we are with ourselves and the things that we do how we behave how we show up in the world and and ever since I heard that I realized how much bigger the impact we have on our children is that for me before it was like oh you know they learn at school or they do this or with their friends and and I realized that, yes, although they have friends that may potentially in the future be of bad influence or, you know, people that come into their lives and leave and, and, you know, come and go. At the end of the day, I think that the bigger influence still falls on us. And yes. most of what they learn is 
from us, their parents, their right. family. And be careful of the prophecy you cast over your children. I share in chapter one, mm -hmm. meeting a young mom. How often do we do this? We meet a mom and she's got a little two-year-old clinging to her leg. And I went down to speak with the little boy and the mother declared a prophecy over me, over this little boy. And she said, he's shy. He won't talk to you. So what is that little boy doing? He's shy and he won't talk. So I stayed on his level. I made eye contact. I just ignored mom. And I got a little smile. I got a little interjection with him and interaction. And when I stood up, I just said, those little ears heard that prophecy over him. And, yeah. you know, and yeah. it, she realized, oh, I am saying that about him. Of course, he's going to stay. That, that becomes so. his belief. Yes. Yes. That becomes their belief. Yeah. So, um, like I said, I don't want to go too much. I, I definitely, if you're listening to this episode, you need to go get the book or at least listen on Audible. Um, it's an incredible book. Definitely going to change just not even men and women too, Jamie. Yes, crazy. People think that if a book is written by a woman, it's for women. I don't no. think that about men's books, right? You, <laughs> you know, what? Maxwell or <laughs> you actually go. There's a whole section as well that where you're talking and it's about family, and I think that it's also important for the men to hear. You know, you talk about how you know how husbands how to you know treat the wife and the wife how to treat the husband and so I yes I agree it's a book that's not just for women I think that if anything if you are married or in a relationship I think it's a book that would be great for both you know to listen to or to read yeah. um, and if you're single if you're single I share that this this will help set you up for mm -hmm. uh, success and then at the end of every chapter there are reflection and ripple effect questions for you to reflect on what you learned and then what is the consequence? What is the ripple effect? If you make changes in your life, what is the ripple effect? Like the ripple effect I shared mm -hmm. with you about how my husband treats me now, mm -hmm. that ripple effect rippled to my daughters. Your children, yes. And so um, my brother actually um, got 30 copies of the book and gave them to his men's Bible study and they are going through this um, as a book study and it's written by a woman. So it doesn't matter. I mean, the Bible study that I'm going through right now with on Wednesdays, I do a virtual one. It's written by a man. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, one question, Donna. So if someone wants to live a more grace-filled life to feel God's grace in their life, for me, when I, when I was thinking about the um, title for the, for the podcast, there's a word that, uh, because of everything that we've kind of gone through in the past few years, I said, you know what, I will not be shaken. I feel like the devil tries its hardest and preys on you when, you know, when you're going through hard things in life. And so for me, the word unshakable was like, I'm going to stick to, to my beliefs. I'm going to plant my feet in the ground. And right after it was like grace, God's grace. And so I was like that, you know, kind of like, you know, it's like, that's it. Unshakable grace. Like I want God's grace to be with me all the time. So what would you say to someone if they want to live a grace-filled life or have a stronger faith or mindset character, you know, yes. so their entire being, like, what would you recommend and where to start? 
read my book, <laughs> get into the word, get in, get into the habit of having some quiet morning time. Even if you have to wake, set the alarm earlier, find a special chair or a place that you're getting into the word. And I teach a really great exercise because so often we pray, 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 but we forget to listen. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of go through an exercise to really take your petitions and prayers, read scripture, pray, but then listen and let God speak to you. We speak to him, but let him speak to you. And then um, stay, when you have that time and you stay in the word, it will equip you. And then also talk to Holy Spirit. Like he he's there, just like if my husband walked in the door and he, he wouldn't have to say, hey, Donna, it's me, Thomas. Holy Spirit is the same. We know the voice and we just have to be open to it. And then the third thing is, so stay in the word, um, stay close to Holy Spirit, ask him. I have a whole section in there about how to listen, know what your gifts of the Holy Spirit are. And I do a fun exercise called red light, yellow light, green light, mm -hmm. because those of us who are real high achievers, we don't like yellow lights. We want to just go, 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 you know, and I, my life, you know, the world wants us to have, you know, hustle and grind mm -hmm. and God wants us to have rest and grace and peace and rhythm, rhythm and rest. Mm -hmm. And what would you rather have hustle and grind rhythm and rest? Right. And so, uh, when you stay close and then you make sure that your inner circle is aligned with people who um, not just you pour into each other. And um, you'll find that your life has more ease. Success will come more uh, organically uh, when, you, when you let Jesus take the wheel. I think there's an old song, right? Um, Jesus take the wheel. And oftentimes we want to take, we want to drive the car, but we need to let him take the wheel. You know, even that, when you, when you touch on songs, there are times where sometimes, you know, we're in a funk and I've come, I've gotten to the point where that's all it takes listening to a song, a, you know, a hill song or, or like, I have some of my favorites, right? Like champion, um, uh, battle or, you know, and yes. so there's, there's certain ones that I listen to that really just put me back in a place where connection and just talking to him. And so for me, I know the little things that work and you're right. Absolutely. Right. One of the things that I actually learned from your book that I don't think I've ever done is that I do read the Bible, but I've never stopped to listen. I've never stopped to what is he trying to tell me or what is, what is the message and what I just read. Right. And so for me, that was a big eye opener because you're right. We're on the go, 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 go all the time. The grind, the, you know, the kids work this and that, that we never really take the time to just listen. And I actually been doing that the past, <laughs> the past week or so. And it's been refreshing. If I have to say, it's been very refreshing, very right. calm. And, um, it's brought peace. That's what it is. It's brought peace. Yes. So I know um, I don't want to keep you on here too long. I do have a few more questions. So what are you most proud of, Donna? Just as you were saying that, an eagle flew right by. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I, I'm just so grateful that I have stayed obedient and humble 
and um, hungry for the word, hungry for direction. I just started a new Bible study. I teach a Bible study and we started it um, three weeks ago and it's fresh off this, you know, big hit. I mean, it went number one in 24 hours and, and just huge. And the study that I'm doing uh, called Terrain is really challenging me and growing me. And, and on the second week, I said to my uh, participants, I said, this is just really stretching me. And everyone agreed that they were learning so much. And someone said, it's so refreshing to see you hungry to keep growing. It wasn't like, oh, I'm an author. Yay, I've arrived. You know, mm -hmm. I'm still under construction. I'm still leaning in at the, at the uh, feet of Jesus to learn, you know, like Mary, I want to be like Mary, not Martha. I want to just be present with him. So I would say that's probably what I'm the most proud of is just that I've stayed obedient. I don't want to meet my maker and say, oh yes, you gave me these assignments, but I am not worthy. You know, how many times do we do that? Mm -hmm. Pick someone else. I am not worthy. We're always comparing ourselves to other people. And I'm just so grateful that I, I'm, I don't want to make excuses when I see him. Yes, yes, I agree. Um, you said something right now and I was going to touch on it. And then you said something else and I was like, that's also very true. <laughs> so um, the obedient part and just the, just the listening, but it, it'll probably come back to me later. Yes. But if you could be remembered for one thing, then what would that thing be? Uh, that I had courage to speak truth with love. Love has to just embrace everything that we do. And um, it was interesting. If you remember this line in the book, I kind of lost the line. I mean, I know I wrote it, but I found many, many people messaging me with that this uh, word that I shared impacted them. And I said somewhere in the book, I can't even remember where it is. Um, I answer to God. So how the world wants me to behave is none of my business. I just highlighted that last night. That, too. <laughs> that impacted so many people because right now the world is telling us to shut up, go sit in a corner, go in an echo chamber. Don't talk to people that don't think like you. You're only allowed to speak and share what you're supposed to share. And if you don't believe, if you don't say and agree with this, then you're a racist, this and this and this and this and this. And that's nonsense. That is not of God. And so I, I answered God. So how the world wants me to behave is none of my business. And I'm encouraging people to step out of the boat, be a water walker. You know, we... I think our human nature, when there's fear and uncertainty, we want to huddle in the middle of the boat, right? And say, Jesus, come, Jesus, come. But we're called to the Great Commission, and he needs us to be fishers of people and cast our nets. And how can we do that if we're huddled in the middle of the boat? So I hope that my courage is strengthening the spine of others um, to step up to what God is calling them to do. And I think it is. I, I know that it is. Um, and one thing that I will have to say is that that's where the importance of proximity and who you surround yourself with 
is so important um, because like you were just touching that the world wants us to believe, right? They were on a hustle and grind culture when it shouldn't be that way. But if you, if that's all you surround yourself with, if those are the people that also are, are in your life, then that's what you're going to believe. Because that's when I first started, that was kind of the mentality. And now that I see, wait, there's a different way. I see other women doing it in a different way. And as I started reading more like, um, you know, more the, the, the Bible, but some devotionals as well, but then even just books like yours, right? You come to realize that they all have the same message. You don't have to be in the hustle and grind to be productive or to have success or, you know, to achieve your goals. And so I think that the constant reminder also what you allow in your, in, in your mind, but also the people that you surround yourself with has a huge yes. impact in how it's, how you're going to live your life as well. Yes, so, true. so I know that one of the top books that obviously I will recommend our listeners to, to read is definitely your book. My mentor walks on water. What are two other books which I think the, I know the answer to a second one. Um, well, of course. The Bible, yes. The <laughs> um, I, you know, I just, right now I'm reading left, uh, it's Leif, L-E-I-F, um, Hetland, um, Call to Rain mm -hmm. is really good. Um, I, I love Bob Goff, Bob Goff, Everything Always Love Does to really immerse your, I think in this society right now, the more we can stay immersed in love, speaking the truth with love, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, we don't all have the same gifts. In the book, you can take a test. What are your gifts that mm -hmm. are, gifts are different than your natural talents and gifts are different than the fruit of the spirit. We all emulate the fruit of the spirit, right? Patience, kindness, love, gentleness, right? Um, the gifts are different. And so whatever gift we have or gifts, uh, you'll find, you'll discover what your top three are. The overlying like blanket over every gift is love, everything, mm -hmm. everything. And so Bob Goff, everybody, always, everyone always, which means you love everyone always. Mm -hmm. And, uh, love does. Those are two really great books. I'll have to get those because I have not read them. So I will yeah, have Bob to get Goff, them. G -O -F -F. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much, Donna. I can, I can talk to you obviously for a whole nother <laughs> hour, but I want to be respectful so of your nice time. Um, I want to definitely be respectful of your time. I know you have other things. And like you said, you're at the lake. So I definitely don't want to take yeah. the time away from your family. Um, but can you please let everyone know where they can find you, where they can find the book? Yes. Now, is there a workbook to the book as well? I think I kind of saw um, that. The, at the end of every chapter uh, is, a, uh, is a workbook. Yes, but we are also making a summary workbook that will be coming Got it. out. But the book is on sale right now. So I'm it, and I found out from my publisher that when Amazon, because um, it is 1995, but right now mm -hmm. I think it's 1296. When a book is in high demand, they want to, you to buy it from them. So I just get the book. There's really great exercises at the end of each chapter. Um, and you can find me at mentordonnajohnson.com, mentordonnajohnson.com. And the shop section, uh, we have Water Walker merchandise. And 100% of the profits go to our uh, orphanage in Uganda, which we are going to visit and um, spend some time there in July. Uh, first time since the pandemic, we've been able to go back. So mentordonnajohnson.com, be sure to shop the merchandise, it's super cute things. And also Instagram, 
mentor Donna Johnson and Facebook mentor Donna Johnson. So very easy. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Donna. I, I appreciate you. This was actually um, just something that I will never forget. And you're right. You know, you said at the beginning that even your grandchildren reading your book, but these are things like the podcast, right? They will have access yeah. to this. And um, I never thought about that, actually, that my children too will have access to this. So yes. it did yeah. kind of hit, hit here in the heart. So thank yeah. you so much. I appreciate you. I appreciate your time. You are someone that I've obviously looked up to since um, I got out of the rock I was living under <laughs> when I first started my network marketing business. Um, and you are someone that I've just looked up to. You are like Rita Davenport says, she's not a hero. She's a shero. So you're one of my sheroes. <laughs> so thank, thank you so you. much. I appreciate you. Thank you, Jamie. Have a good one. Have a blessed day. Bye-bye.